Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones with you for about the next hour or so. So we wrap up a Thursday night here on WGR. We've got Thursday night football coming up in just a little over an hour with Philadelphia and Houston. We've got a number of hockey games tonight. The Sabres are off tonight. They played last night a 6-3 comeback win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. We're going to spend a lot of time tonight on the Sabres, their early season success, where I think they're going. I've mentioned a few times I don't know if they're necessarily a playoff team. I'm starting to change my tune on that a little bit, not just because of their play, but the East as a whole. We'll also jump into a few injury news or injuries that came out today around the NFL, uh, namely a number of wide receivers, Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints and Rashad Bateman for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk a little bit about that. But of course, where I do want to start tonight and really focus a lot tonight is on the Buffalo Sabres. Um, me, Nate, and Bulldog really did a lot of that today with Shovel the Bulldog. Uh, Mike Shope is off for the rest of the week. He'll be back on Monday. So it was the three of us in just really discussing why the vibes are good with the Sabres, but why have they continued to be good? This you started at the end of last year, and it really just has not slowed down at all. For For me, a big reason of why it has not slowed down is, number one, this is a continuation of the end of last year. This is not just a new phenomenon of, oh my God, they might be good. It's a continuation of the end of last year where I think for the last two months, they were on like 105 point pace, 103 point pace, something along those lines. And they were playing really, really good. Their goaltending was finally healthy because they had a, a bit there, I want to say the start of November and December where it's just, it was a trash heap in terms of goaltending just because of constant injuries. And it was just a revolving door. They got at one point where they may not even have had a goalie. They had to sign just anybody to play just due to a suspension and injuries and all that stuff. Where now it feels like they've stabilized that just a little bit. Craig Anderson is still, of course, here. Eric Comrie has been a very, very good signing for the Sabres as of right now. But they're, they're winning games and they're playing with such aggression and really with a little bit of a we don't care. They can come at us. We're going to come at them kind of deal with three of their starting defensemen all injured. And that being Matias Samuelson, Ily Labushkin and Henry Okiharu, who two of those guys in Samuelson and Labushkin are very different from the defensemen you have playing right now. They're very much a defenseman's defenseman. They're not going to get you a ton of points. They're not really going to push the pace of play. They're not going to push the cup, uh, the puck forward. 
but they're going to do everything you want a defenseman to do, especially Samuelson and Labushkin, really just the big guy who's going to do all the dirty work. You know, checks, hits, block shots, get the puck, send it out, all that stuff. And they're really hammering teams home, especially these last three games, Chicago, Detroit, and Pittsburgh. They are just throwing shots at the net. It is so much fun to watch. But more now, I guess, on a, on a, on a broader look of the Sabres. Like, we'll, we'll do that this segment. They're 7-3. and three. They look very, very good. They're going on a very, very tough, I'd say about five, six games here. They've got the Carolina tomorrow in Carolina, in North Carolina. Then they've got the Lightning the next day. Then they get Arizona at home. That, sh- that should be a win. Then you've got Vegas here, Boston, and then you've got the Canucks. Vancouver somewhat recovered from their early season disaster where I think they went 0-7 essentially to start the season. You are going to have a bit of a tough time here, though, if you're the Sabres. I think even if they're for real, which I'm leaning towards, you are going to have a tough, tough time with these next four out of five games. Carolina is very, very good. Tampa, we know how good Tampa is. Arizona, I think you should win. The Golden Knights, maybe the best team out West. Record would say they are the best team out West. And then Boston, basically the only team that has a better record in the East than Buffalo at 9-1. and one. If you can get mm, a point out of two of these games you're probably leaving pretty happy. Then get a win against Arizona. You're leaving with four points. It's not great, but it's something I would take, especially because of their early success. And a lot of that also comes from the fact that the other two teams that really Buffalo was supposed to be kind of in the same realm with in the East. I've mentioned them a few times, the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa has been terrible, and Detroit just got destroyed by Buffalo 8-3, and Detroit themselves is 4-3-2. They're okay, but not great. They're, they're dealing with some injuries, but Buffalo is too, and Buffalo is dealing with them infinitely better than Detroit is. Same with Ottawa. Ottawa, though, has seemingly been a complete disaster. They're 4-5. and five. They've got 8 points so far. They've only played 9 games. They're playing tonight, though. I, th- I believe their game actually has started against the Vegas Golden Knights. It's about to start. Likely, they're going to be 4-6. and six. That's not great. And while, yes, it's early, if you can build an early lead to start the season, all of a sudden, this, this little window that the Sabres are going to go through is not as destructive. It, it does not kill you like it would in years past even though in years past the Sabres could never really hold on to a fast start, whether it be 5-1-1, like 10-1-1. I mean, they've had some ridiculous starts to seasons, but the analytics almost always hated the team. Every advanced stat was like, eh, they're kind of getting lucky. They're going to overtime a lot. They're just, you know, they're shooting above their weight a little bit. This year, it's like, no. I mean, like, their 5-on-5 defense isn't great, but everything else is really, really good. They're a dominant team. The power play went from rock bottom to start the year to now it's about league average. It's not terrible by any means. And they've had a power play goal, I think, in the last four or five games. So they're doing very, very well in those little things. I think for me, though, the big difference, not only just from last year, but from years past, is number one, you've got 
six to seven guys on this team who are all the way bought in. I mean, just all the way bought in to everything Coach Don Granado is doing, to everything Adams is doing up in the front office, everything. Then you add on the fact that they have young guys really putting in serious work. It doesn't matter what line they're on. Paterka was a revelation to start the year, and he's continued to kind of put that the good production together. Again, he's still a rookie in the NHL. I mean, he's going to take a few years probably to really come into his own. Maybe, you know, next year's when he really pops off. But this year he's just grinding along, had a goal last night that was beautiful. He's been able to continue to work. Jack Quinn is now one of the made stays on the power play, which I'm all for. He is also now starting to really put it together, kind of putting together really good performances, maybe not necessarily getting points, but just good performances clearly doesn't look lost. But then the big ones for me, of course, it's really the superstars have, they're playing like elite players. They're considered the elite players of the Buffalo Sabres, and they're playing up to that potential. Namely, of course, Rasmus Dahlin, who outside of Eric Carlson leads all defensemen in scoring, and Carlson's on a god-awful San Jose team. And along with that, Rasmus Dahlin is sitting at a plus 10. I mean... I was talking to a few of my buddies today. I mentioned it to my dad as well. It was, like, it was kind of just spitballing a little bit here. and you know, How much longer do we have to go? Because usually these topics very much are, all right, how many games until you know we can really start talking playoffs or if they're for real? That's, that's the typical topic for the Sabres, especially the last few years and especially this year. For me, though, this, this topic was in my head is, how much longer do we have to go before we can honestly start sitting here and saying, I think Rasmus Dahlin going to be in the Norris fight all year. I think he's gonna. He has the name recognition. It's not something he has to build up. He's not an unknown player that's like, oh my God, who is this? Tate Thompson has a little bit of that. He's working away from that, but he has a little bit of that of the unknown name recognition. Darlene doesn't have that at all. Darlene was a first overall pick. And last year he started to play much better. And now coming into this year, he has been on fire. Then, of course, he opens up the year with a record-setting start to, to to the season. Five goals to open up five games. And so, you know, at what point do we have to have that conversation of he might be in the Norris race all year? Roman Yossi looks very human, doesn't look great for Nashville. I mean, he looks fine, but not really putting up the points. Cal McCarr, kind of the same thing. Colorado is actually off to kind of a slow start. They're really just not doing too much. They're 4-4-1. Four, four, They're not scoring nearly as much as they should be. And then includes Kale McCarr, who's just kind of just kind of there. He's still one of the best, if not the best, defenseman in hockey, but he's not really doing too much. He has eight points, no goals. So are we at that point now where it you do kind of have to sit there and go, I mean, if Donaline can like keep like this pace kind of going, you've got to start talking about him as a potential Norse trophy winner. So that's one superstar who is now, to me at least, in the conversation for one of the league's awards at the end of the season. Then you have Tage Thompson, who he he out, outright he had a slow start to the season. Okay, I mean like that like that's something you cannot ignore. Had no points through two games. Had one assist in Edmonton. Then he started to get there a little bit with Edmonton and Calgary, a, a, a point each. Oh, excuse me, he had a goal in Edmonton and assist in Calgary. So he had a point each there. Vancouver gets an assist, so he kind of ends that a little bit better. But that line really wasn't doing too much. Seattle-Montreal did nothing. Donuts for both those games. And then he has just exploded. 
three points against Chicago, two goals, one assist, six points against Detroit, three and three. And then two points last night against Pittsburgh, a goal and a beautiful assist to Alex Tuck. I mean, he's apparently just woken up. He now is tied with Darlene for the most points on the team at 14. Alex Tuck has 10 points. Jeff Skinner has 10 points. Olafson has nine. He's also the empty goal or empty net king. I feel like Victor Olafson's going to score an empty net goal from any angle, from any distance. I did not have like any opinions on that until last night, but now like he took one. What feels like from like Comrie's stick and just turned around, fired it, and it was just a laser straight as an arrow into the back of the net. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's done that like two or three times this year already. But so for the Sabres, I'm just, I'm watching this team and I don't have the same feelings I had for years prior. For years prior, it always felt like, okay, all right, when's the... When's the other shoe going to drop? Outside of the 10-game win streak. The 10-game win streak, I didn't care about the analytics. I just thought they were they were just grinding out wins. I didn't care. The rest of them, though, it always kind of felt like, all right, when's the other shoe going to drop? They're not there yet. Because for me as well, it was part of the whole, well, they don't have elite players. You know, they don't have guys who can just take over games and be absolute menaces to play against. They just don't have those guys. Darlene, we were waiting for, and some of the coaching made it to where it's just, it felt like Darlene was half the player you drafted first overall. and he just, it, it, it was disheartening to watch, yes, but it was also just like, all right, well, there's one elite player we should have had gone. And then, of course, the Eichel stuff happens, and you're like, all right, well, that's another one gone. Let's hope this Tuck guy is awesome. And now, about 12 months later, something like that, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, all right, well, Darlene, I think, is elite. I think he's a truly elite player. I think he's also, again, as I've mentioned, I think he's going to be somebody that's competing for the Norris Trophy at the end of the year, the league's best defenseman. I think Thompson, I, I, he might be underpaid. He just got a seven-year deal. Some people, you know, not necessarily you know Sabres fans, but more just nationally, were kind of like, ooh, that might be a, a little too early. You know, one breakout season, 38 goals, only 30 assists. Maybe it's a bit much. He looks spectacular. He started off slow, sure, but he has just absolutely catapulted himself in the league scoring table early, and he's just he, he looks unstoppable at times. And I watched the TNT post game from last night, and Thompson was talking about how just yeah, like he's a six five guy or six seven guy, like he's tall, he's lanky, like it takes time to get used to your body as a taller person myself, yeah. That makes sense. Now, my sport, I didn't necessarily have to get used to my body. It was a swimmer. Like, I just, I glided through the pool faster just because I was taller. You know, all of a sudden, the wall was coming up a bit faster than it was before. There wasn't, like, a ton there that was that drastic difference. I would imagine, though, for a hockey player, it is different. Just be, you have to get used to your body. And, and, he, and he made mention of that, of, like, just getting used to, like, what he could do. But I, I watched Thompson play, and it's not that he's just bigger than people. He is. But he's making great anticipatory passes. His pass to Tuck last night to set up what would then be the essentially game-winning goal to go up 4-3. It was a beautiful pass right in front. It just it, it completely led him right to right to the net, and Tuck just flicks it in. And you're just like, yep. I mean, that's that's what elite players do. They take advantage of a simple mistake from Pittsburgh, and they just and they just kill him for it. And then, of course, he has a one-timer off a Darlene pass on the power play. That's just He's getting to a point now, too, with his shot. It's the best shot on the team. 
And he's getting to a point now where if I see Malone in that corner, I start get, like perking up a little bit of like, oh, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. And he puts it away. And he's getting so much more confident in doing so. And it feels like the whole team has gotten confident of what their roles are. And that, like, you know, Darlene and Thompson and Tuck are really kind of supposed to be the driving forces. They are the stars. They are the guys that on a nightly basis we need absolutely a 10 out of 10 performance from you every night. But then you have other guys. Owen Power, a rookie, 19 years old, making some of the most veteran plays you'll see from a defenseman. And last night, his pass to open up a Victor Olofsson goal that literally the net was wide open. He faked every single person out of their shoes. It was it was fantastic to watch that now it just, it seems as the season has gone on where, uh, you know, there are probably people out there, I'm not among them, but I used to be where it's just you're expecting the shoe to drop. The team has seemingly gotten better. There was that period, of course, when they lost to Seattle and then Montreal in back-to-backs. That's like, all right, here we go. They're going to come back down to earth. This team's just still not there yet. You know, the goaltending's not that great. The injuries really hurt them. Here they go. Here they come. And instead, nope. They just they keep getting better. They went through injuries. Like they they've had some of their top defensemen go down, and their numbers have essentially stayed the same. They are a team that looks young and youthful. That was really my... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month. with Eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Big takeaway from last night was that Pittsburgh, I think I, they're either the oldest or the second oldest team. It doesn't matter. I, they're old in the NHL this year. The Sabres made them look old and tired. They were running all over, skating, excuse me. I, I said shoes, too. We're playing hockey. They were skating all over them, getting good shots off, but, you know, they're down 2 nothing. Instead of panicking, all right, 2-1 off a of Paterka goal, then you get a 2-2, or excuse me, then it's 3-1, and there was, a, there was a part of me, it's like, all right, maybe it's just not their night. You know, they give it up right at the start of the period, but nope, they just 
all right, keep grinding, keep keep digging at them, keep grinding, keep going, keep pushing. And eventually it's, it was 3-3, and you're like, I, the Sabres are going to win this game. I don't know if I was the only one that had that thought process, but the moment it was 3-3, I was like, the Sabres are going to win this game. This game's over with. Whether it's an overtime shootout now, it, I was like, Pittsburgh doesn't have the legs. And it's been my favorite part of this team, and now it, it just—it was so obvious last night. They're a young team playing with the youthful energy. They're a team discovering now that they're good at this sport at the professional level, that they can win these games. That the coach who has completely flipped the culture on its head. I mean, my favorite thing about Granado. Yes, it's the fact that his style of hockey is incredibly fun. I love that. I love that this team just it goes at you in waves. But my favorite thing about him is that he does not shut up about the positives of any of his players. He does not shut up about it. He will push a narrative himself. And you can tell how it affects the players on the ice. Darlene, to start last year, was not good. Turning the puck over too much, not really doing anything on the offensive side of the puck. And then it was just a flip. All-star break a little bit as well, because there were, you know, there was kind of this thought process of him being at, at the at, at the all-star you know weekend and really being around these guys. There was this feeling that, like, all right, he knows he can do stuff that these guys are doing. But along with that, it was it was the constant praise from his head coach, where before it felt like with some of these head coaches, it was you're either going to fit my system or you're not going to fit this team. Going back to Housley, to Kruger. That's how it always felt is that if you don't fit my system, you will not fit this team. And it was dejecting to see some of these players who are performing now, Jeff Skinner chief among them along with Darlene, who have somewhat had a revitalization under this coach in Granado. Just because, in my personal opinion, they have a coach that actually believes in all of their talents. Granado lives and breathes hockey. I don't worry about his X's and O's and him understanding the game. I, he, he'll know more about hockey Today than I will ever learn in my life. Ever. Like that's just the guy he is. He live, breathes, drinks, eats all of it, hockey. But it was more the fact that he just believes in the talent of his players. He believes all of them have this potential to break out. A lot of that also comes from what Kevin Adams has done upstairs, which is really putting a focus on drafting and developing all young talents. The Sabres were awful at drafting for 10 years. Couldn't get a single guy out of the first round. And even in the first round, if you weren't picking first or second overall, it's basically a wash of a pick. The only guy was Zemmius Gergensen's, really. And his play last night, where he just chased down that puck to avoid an icing. I mean, when did he get nitrous on his skates? There's not a soul that could tell me he's that fast. Absolutely not. But he just charged down the ice and sets up Kyle Poso's empty netter. Such a heads-up play, also to get off the ice when his helmet came flying off. Just an absolutely grinder play to come from a fourth-line center. That's what you want to see from your fourth line. I don't need Gergensen's to put up 30 goals. Honestly, I don't even need him to put up 40 points. What I need him, though, is to be a pain in the ass for everybody to deal with that they play. That's what he was last night. And in a play in which Pittsburgh is desperately trying to get a win. They've now lost six straight. They were desperately trying to get a win last night. He outworked them. Absolutely outworked them. But so, back to the original point. 
of that little run there, which is the drafting and developing. Look, I mean, look at this team now. Three or four of your main cogs are, 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 are in this in the system are 123 years old. Cousins, Power, Quinn, Paterka, Krebs, I think, is starting to come along. Now he's playing with Aspelin. He doesn't have to worry as much about defense. He's starting to come along a little bit. He's he, probably far slower than anyone else would like, including myself, who I really like Krebs' game. Just I would love for him to shoot more. I just don't, I don't think that's ever going to happen, which is fine. I'm not you know going to harp on it too much, but they're developing this talent really, really well. And my one fear, and um, Mike Schultz brought it up a few weeks ago on Show in the Bulldog, about how we're going to find out now if Granado is just the developing coach or if he's like the coach that can take this team to the next level. And the more I'm watching this team this year, the more I'm like, oh, no, he's both. I think he's both. There's a grit to this team that they hate everyone else they play. I think we've had two or three games now where the game ends, and they're still throwing punches with teams. The two, I, I obviously, last night, and then Florida, I, I think there was maybe another one I can't remember distinctly. But this team clearly likes one another. That's, of course, a big part of this as well. They like, if not love, each other. And there's a trust building there. The culture has completely changed. There really one guy has been on this team since like the entire tire fire, and that's Zemgus Gergensen's. That man is always smiling. He's just a workhorse. I mean, he's phenomenal. Everyone else can feel the culture changing, and they weren't really necessarily a part of it at its start. And now, I, what I feel like is coming towards its end. And the East, I think, is really setting up a potential that if the Sabres can just survive these next four or five games. Maybe grind out a win or two against a team. Maybe you shouldn't win against Carolina or Tampa in the next two days. A Boston or the Golden Knights when you get back home. One of those two teams. The East is opening it up itself to allow this team to finally get back in the playoffs and to finish building that culture. Because while, yes, the ultimate goal is to win a cup, for me, this team, at least for the Sabres, it was not the same for the Bills, but for the Sabres, it, it, it's here. The culture chip, the culture flip will officially take place when this team makes the playoffs. And if they do that this year with more young talent coming down the pipe and whatever they make at the trade deadline, because if they're even slightly in a playoff spot, oh, Adams is going to be making moves. That is just a fact. And if they're even close to that, go for it. Because that'll be the moment where you're no longer just the bumbling Sabres. You're not like the worst disaster in North American sports the last 15 years. You will be back on the map in an Eastern Conference that is getting old fast. And you are still the youngest team in the NHL with a 42-year-old goaltender. I think the vibes are great. I thought that when we were coming into the season. But now at the start of the season, through 10 games, I think I'm at a point now where I really do think that they're a serious playoff contender. I think they can really compete with the East. Because there's a belief there, and now there's elite talent there, and that elite talent is fully bought in to what I believe is a very, very bright young coach's system. We're going to take a quick time out, and we come back. We'll talk a little more hockey, but we're also going to jump into some football talk as well, some notable injuries around the NFL. And, of course, we do have Thursday Night Football kicking off in just about 45 minutes. We'll do that here when we come back on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones with you for about another half hour or so. Getting ready for Thursday Night Football. 
between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. I literally just found out. I knew they were happening, but I could not remember the date. Just found out. Houston is actually wearing their red helmets tonight, which look awesome. I, I didn't like the look initially when they released it. I do remember that. I liked really only Cincinnati's as like a clear cut. Like I'm like, that's amazing. The all white ones. But Houston's looks good. They're going to look crisp tonight. I don't. They're not going to play well. I don't. I don't imagine that's going to go well at all. Philadelphia looks phenomenal, but at least you'll look good doing it, which is you know half the battle. Want to jump back to hockey just for a few more minutes? We'll jump back to Thursday night football. But I, I do want to talk a little bit about because earlier on Chopin the Bulldog today we we took a call. And it was more talking about you know when should we expect the arena to start being full again, or maybe not even full, just you know. Get good crowds again. And I can understand that question because I've gone to a number of games even just now this year, and I, I went to a few last year as well. I just I truly I just enjoy going to hockey games. Football's my first love, but I just I enjoy the environment of hockey games more. I'm not really somebody that likes sitting out in the elements. You can call me names if you want. I don't really care to watch a game and, and drink a cold beer in freezing cold weather or freezing rain. I'll I'll do it. I'll do it every now and then. I'll, i you know, I do enjoy going to a game or two a year. But it's not something where, like, I'm going to want to go every year. Hockey games, though, the weather can be terrible outside. It's going to be wonderful in the arena. But I have noticed that, that, you know, the few games I've gone to, the environment, the actual, like, just, I guess, ambiance around you, it, it hasn't been bad yet. I went to a terrible one last year. Like, it really, it, it, it felt like a funeral. There was really, there was no crowd noise. It was just a bunch of... People, and I'm saying a bunch kind of loosely here as well, because the crowd wasn't very big either, but it was just, it was just pockets of you know, everyone just kind of having their own conversation. No one really even caring about the game. It, it was, a, it was a really, really bad environment. This year though, I've gone to, I want to say, I've gone to three games, I think so far this year. Oh no, I've gone to two. I've gone to two so far. And I will tell you, the environment has been much better. Florida, the fans were getting really into it against the officials because they were making some abysmal calls. I will agree with that. And then I went to the Chicago overtime win. And the Chicago one was Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Yes, it's leading into Sunday night football, so I didn't expect a great crowd, honestly, that night. But the crowd did fill in. It was it was really good. I was in the 300s, and there was, there was an honest feel there. Like It, it was good. All right. It was better, but it did get better as the game went on. Last night, I would have liked the crowd to be a bit better, but I will tell you, I think for a lot of people asking that same question of, you know, all right, when when should we really expect the crowd to get into it, to really be a lively environment for three periods and, and, and have a nearly full crowd? I think it's going to take a little bit more time. Bulldog, I think, said around the holidays, I'd have to agree with that. Just because for a lot of people, including myself, and I know for a lot of people, they have to know if this is legit. And I know I, I know there are people out there that don't love that answer. That, you know, oh, well, you know, you support the team anyways. You know, show up. Like, they're playing well. You show up now. And I Look, I'm already there. You, you don't have to convince me. I'm probably going to another game. I think next weekend I'm probably going to go to the Boston game. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going. You don't have to convince me. But there are people out there, and I don't disagree with them. The team has to consistently be good. It has to be a good product. Tickets can be quite expensive. You go in there, I'm somebody that I usually will get a beer or two. That's expensive. And I don't really want to do that if I know my team's going to lose 5-1. to one. 
or if I go into that expecting them to lose 5-1. to one. There has to be more of a reason to go. Nate brought up earlier as well that you know now they're doing at least the bare minimum. They're an exciting team. They're at least going to push the pace of play a lot of the time. They're young, they're talented, and they're going to do that. Now they are starting to put wins on the board. Now if we get to Thanksgiving, Christmas, and they're still doing that, yeah, I expect the turn of the new year, we're already seeing very full crowds. That the vibes have officially gone from just like on Twitter and over the radio now as well, and some on TV, but to fully, like, people are going night in and night out. Doesn't matter if it's a weekday or a weekend. Especially, of course, the Bills season, essentially at that point, will be wrapping up. It'll be playoff games, and, you know, it'll be better. Now, all of a sudden, it'll kind of just be, all right, we really just got Sabres now. I think that's when you can really start to see the flip a little bit. It's Thanksgiving, Christmas and kind of the turn of the new year, if they're still on this pace. Now, of course, the next four of their five games are tough. If they lose four of their next five, I'm not going to sit here and say that they're not for real. They're playing some juggernauts. They're playing teams that probably on paper are absolutely better than them. But I do think they have the ability to win. Absolutely do. But I think the teams you're really looking at probably to beat are probably not Boston and Vegas, the last, the, the latter two. You've got Carolina tomorrow. Carolina's actually playing Tampa tonight. Carolina's 6-2-1, and one, and I believe their game has actually begun already. Let me check. Yeah, Carolina's up one to nothing right now in the first. And then you play the Lightning. They sit right now at 6-4. and four. Sure, I absolutely think you can take points off of both those teams. Tampa has gotten really, really good at knowing what they need to do to get through the regular season to then get into the playoffs and really turn it on. Carolina is a team that is still trying to break into the kind of the elites of the East. Their defense is great. They've got some really, really good young players, including Sebastian Ajo. So, like, they're trying to now push, push the pace a little bit more in terms of what their own destiny is. But I think you can take points off of probably both of those teams. To me, though, Boston looks exceptional. And so does Vegas. I know people won't love me saying that with Vegas, of course, coming to town next week. They look really good. Eichel looks really good. And I think I'm at a point now, and I, and I thought about this, and I've been talking to a few of my coworkers as well, including Josh Schmidt, who, if you, if you don't know, writes three observations for every single Sabres game. You'll usually get that the morning after right, here, uh, right on our website, WGR550.com. But... We were talking a little about it, and it's just, you know, kind of straight up asked me, like, what's your feeling on Eichel? And I, do I like the guy? I don't have a really personal opinion. I don't know the guy personally. Uh, when he demanded his trade, I kind of was on board with him. I understood it. I got it. I, to me, the Sabres had made basically every wrong move in the book up to that point. I'm a big draft junkie for every sport. So for me, that's always the way to build is by drafting and developing talent and signing your own talent. The Sabres are doing that now. And you can clearly see it's paying dividends that they they traded for young talent, they've drafted young talent, and they're developing that said young talent. And I was was never really against Jack. And a part of me felt like I had to keep that on the down low because I knew a lot of people adamantly hated the man. And in part, I could completely understand why. Now, I will tell you, I am against him now after his comments after the first game he was back in Buffalo. After that, I was like, sweet, we got a villain. But that's more how I saw it is, all right, we got a villain. That's awesome. I was I was all into the heel turn 
for Eichel. But now to me, and I know uh, Locked on Sabres podcast um, hosted by Sneaky Joe DiBiase, he put up a poll as well. It's like, would you be okay if Vegas hoisted the cup, but the Sabres made the playoffs? I emphatically voted yes, absolutely. To me, he's just a guy that used to be a Sabre. It didn't work out. It is what it is. Move on. Ultimately, unless Eichel was McDavid, who is maybe the only athlete in sports right now that truly dominates his sport like nobody else, the Sabres were not going to make the playoffs with Eichel. Not in their current build at how they were. Now, I think they can because there is a good coach with good young talent that continues to produce and get better together. But that was not a thing when Eichel was here. So for me... I think I think that's going to be one of those games that is going to be full. I think there's going to be a lot of fans there, even though it's not his first return. His comments last year really, people are going to remember that. And I hope they do. Because, again, I like that he made himself a villain. It was a lot of fun. But to me, I've kind of moved away from that. And a lot of it has helped that they're not the only good team. That, you know, Vegas is doing great, but the Sabres are trash. If the Sabres are trash and Vegas are doing great, I would... Mm, I would adamantly remember Eichel. I'm not saying I'd root against him, but there's a probably a part of me that would somewhat root against the Sabres a little bit. In you know, in the back of my mind, kind of just like hating everything they did. If they were still garbage, if now all of a sudden we were talking Darlene getting traded, Thompson was still a non-factor. Whatever it, it may be, Granado turns out to be a terrible coach. Whatever it may be, but now with both teams seemingly trending in the right direction, at least for now, Vegas is. I mean, they. Vegas, I don't like how they do business, and it seems to be putting them in their own little part of hell in a few years. But for right now, both teams seem to be trending in the right direction, and that's made it a little bit easier for me to not really care about Eichel anymore. Again, I know I know there's going to be people that adamantly disagree with that, and I'm more than okay with that. I, To each their own, I don't think you're wrong. I hope you don't think I'm completely wrong. But for me right now, I'm just like, yeah, I'm moving on. I care more about beating Toronto or Ottawa or Detroit. I, I care far more about that. The reason I want them to beat Vegas is because I'm a Sabres fan, and I, I, I want to see them win. I want to see this, this hot start go, but I'm not necessarily against Eichel as much as I thought I'd be going into this year. If I go to that Vegas game, I'll boo him because of his comments last year. But if he makes the playoffs, if he wins a playoff series, he wins a cup. Yeah, well, If he wins a cup, that's going to kind of sting. That'll be a lot like Ryan O'Reilly or so. But if he makes the playoffs and wins a series, it's not going to kill me. I'm not going to hate it as much as I think as as much as I thought I would. And I think a lot of that has to do because the Sabres have now become what I feel like is a growing organization, an organization that's getting that much better. We're going to take a quick time out and we come back. We'll preview a little bit of Thursday night football as we get you over there at the end of the show. We'll do that when we come back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back to the Nightcap as we wrap up a Thursday here on WGR. Some breaking news for you. Look at that. How about a way to end the show? Some breaking news. 
The Brooklyn Nets have suspended point guard Kyrie Irving no less than five games without pay due to uh, some comments, or not even comments, just some stuff he was posting on social media and stuff like that. If you don't know, uh, there was some very strong anti-Semitic ties to uh, a film and a book. He was it, he says he was not promoting. He was basically promoting. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets have been being slammed by the media, by fans, and, and really quite a few people uh, for not taking really any action for the past week. Uh, it seems that they have done that now. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this is handled. Kyrie Irving has been a player that has been a pain really since the end of his Cleveland days, and it has not gotten much better. It's a shame. I, I, I love watching him play basketball. I think he's an, an otherworldly talent, but just the distractions are too much. I can only imagine Kevin Durant probably has to sit there and go, well, this was one of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life, tying himself to Kyrie Irving. Back to football real quick, though. We do, of course, have Thursday night football. The Eagles and the Houston Texans. The Eagles sit at a 14-point favorite on some sites. And I think it's about right. The Eagles, I don't want to call them a wagon, but they are so damn good. They are really, really good. Jalen Hurts has absolutely taken another step forward in his passing game. And the team as a whole, just I, there's so much name recognition. There really is. And it's... It, you know, as Bulldog said, that doesn't really mean a ton in terms of if they're actually good or not, but they are. A.J. Brown is a stud. Their running game is awesome. Hurts is taking another step forward. And their defense, even with Jordan Davis out tonight, he's going on IR. He's going to be out for at least four games. It doesn't matter. They come at you in waves. And the Houston Tigers are just not that good. I think the Eagles, even with a 14-point spread, I think they're going to cover there. I think they're absolutely going to exceed that. Should be fun. Kickoff for that game is at 8.15, and it is an Amazon Prime game. So remember for that for Thursday Night Football. That's going to do it here for the nightcap. I will be back tomorrow with a Bulldog starting at 3. It'll just be me and him tomorrow. No Nate Geary, no Mike Shope. He's off till Monday. We'll do that at 3 tomorrow. This has been the nightcap, and this is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.